Hey everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Life of Kartik. My name is Kartik Basharati, and I am someone that works in technology, but I've also grown up and played with technology for most of my life, ever since I was a little kid. And I have always made technology a central place in my life, whether it's from having a fully automated smart home to creating routines for everything that I do fully automated. I am all in on this technology thing. So I wanted to create a forum where we could talk and chat about some of the lessons that I've learned over my life and things that I've observed that have made my life easier and maybe things that I can learn along the way that may be useful for all of us. So hopefully this will be a fun journey of the next few episodes that we go through. Thanks a lot for listening and hope you enjoy it. So a few years ago, I recently got a house and I was pretty excited when I got the house because the first thing that I wanted to do was completely smart home the crap out of it. I wanted to put so many gadgets everywhere I could, automate, put sensors, anything I could think of, I wanted in this house. So it's been a few years and I'm sitting in this house that is pretty well automated, but I'm wondering how I kind of got here and how did I settle on the devices that I did. So I thought it'd be great to kind of take a journey throughout my process over the last four or five years into how I ended up to where I am with my smart home. So back in 2014, I got an email from Amazon about a new device that they're releasing called the Echo. And this was an interesting device that I've never seen before, where the commercial, I think if you guys remember it, was a family and basically they would ask Alexa things like what the news was like of the day, adding things to a grocery store, and the kids were playing games with it. And I thought it was an interesting concept, but really it was just a glorified speaker. Um, And I think I was offered the early price point of $99, which in retrospect was actually a pretty good deal. Now, I didn't really buy it on the bullet because I thought it was an overpriced speaker at the time and didn't really think much of it. So fast forward a few months, they released the Echo and my coworker actually pre-ordered one of these things and he brought it to the office and left it there. And we kind of did the basic things, which was playing music off of it. And it was really cool. I was impressed by the microphone array and how it would respond even when it was really loud. So based on that, I looked up a little bit more into the Echo and realized that it had a lot of third-party applications. And there was a whole API for the Echo devices that you could tap into. And then I saw what was already out there on the actual app itself. And that's when I realized that there's a lot more potential here than I was initially thinking of. And I saw the I saw the ability for people to actually automate their home with this little device. So that's when I ended up getting an Alexa Dot. And that was the first time that I was able to automate something in my house. So I got the Echo in the package the next day after I ordered it and I opened it up and set it up of course and instantly realized that 
just having that dot is not enough. I needed to get something, so I immediately ordered one of those TP-Link smart switches. And they're basically these switches that you could plug into the wall and it turns your outlet into a smart device where you could turn it on and off. Uh, I got the TP-Link one because it didn't have any hub requirements at the time. Um, and it actually still doesn't, but it was useful because I didn't want to go all in on the automation. I was just kind of stepping my toe in at the time. So I got it and hooked it up to two of my lamps in the living room and immediately was creating a routine to turn the living room on and off. And that in itself was such a life changer. When you're tired and coming home from work at 6 p.m. and it's dark and you just go in and tell Alexa to turn the lights on, that is fantastic. So the lights were really useful and my roommates would come in and they started using the automation and it was an instant hit in terms of the amount of freedom it gave us to just turn the lights on and off with a voice command. That was absolutely really cool. And it really felt like we were in the future. And the only thing I did was buy two switches. So that's how I got hooked. And the next thing I did was really get a Harmony switch because that was the next thing that was kind of a pain. And it was to automate the TV turning on and off. I had like a PlayStation and Apple TV. And then of course the cable box on top. And we had one of these like Harmony Universal remotes to control it all. But the problem with that is it's an IR blaster. And if you're not pointing it the whole time when you're switching activities, then it gets cut off and you end up having half of the functions turn on and half not working. And it it's just kind of a mess, especially when people come over and they try to use the remote. So I ended up getting the Harmony Hub because it's something that the IR blaster is actually in the TV area and the remote that comes with the Harmony Hub is a Bluetooth remote so you actually don't even need to point it at the hub or in the area you could just press the buttons and it responds so that was number one a much better feature than the Harmony remote but number two it integrated with Alexa really well So having all of the setup was really useful. So the next logical thing that I did was create routines. And of course, routines are nice because if you're coming home from work at nighttime, you want the lights and the TV to turn on when you say one command. If you're waking up on a weekend, you just want the TV to turn on on one command without having to turn the lights on. These were really useful and both me and my roommates got used to the routines and it was really useful in the future as I got more advanced with my smart home because I could control multiple devices and be very granular with how I wanted each device to turn at a specific point of day. Today, of course, routines can be more complicated, but at the time it was really cool to have just a basic routine. Now, it was really cool to have the Echo and have all of this automation behind it, but then a new player came up called Google and they were releasing their new smart speaker which still, I think, to this day does look like an air freshener. But of course, the AI behind Google is pretty phenomenal, and I had to give it a shot. So I did something that I normally didn't. I pre-ordered the Google speaker, and that's when I started to get into the nuances of the smart home battles that are going on between Amazon, Google, and Apple. So the one thing 
I first noticed when I got the speaker for Google is the keyword is Hey Google. Now that is a mouthful, especially if you try to say that three times in a row. So I prefer to say Alexa a lot more. So you might be thinking to yourself that choosing a smart speaker is kind of a ridiculous decision to make based off of the keyword alone. Now that's not fully the case, but the keyword was a big deal for me because that's something that you're going to say multiple times in a day and you don't want to get tired of saying that keyword. You just want it to roll off the tongue. And for me, Google's keyword just didn't roll off the tongue as much as the echoes did. And that's why I really preferred the echo over Google. And the other thing that I really liked about it was the Amazon interface was significantly better than Google's and I really did not like the way that they designed their smart home layout. It was really difficult to add things to create rooms and they made it more complicated because they made it so granular rather than keeping it simple and making it less complicated, which I guess is a personal preference, but sometimes I think for things like this, when you're trying to reach a mass consumer market, keeping it simpler is a much better decision. And that's where I thought Amazon did a lot better of a job than Google did. And another aspect that I did notice, and it was a huge difference in terms of the smart speakers, and this probably gave Google a huge leg, was the ability for Google to answer questions that Amazon couldn't. So for example, I had this dilemma where I went on vacation and came back and I left these tortillas in my fridge and I just kind of randomly asked Google, how long do tortillas last? And Google actually came up with a response because anytime you go into a Google search bar, if you've ever seen that box that pops up where it kind of tries to answer your question, that box is actually what Google Home is reading off of or getting its answer from. So it was really impressive because that kind of search automation is not something you can find on the Echo. And that in itself gave it a huge leg up on Echo. But the end game for me was really to do a smart home and to have an easy situation to set up a smart home. And the Google Home, as smart and as great as many features as it had, it is, I think, today still a smarter speaker than all of the other ones that are out there. It's just not friendly for smart home automation for me personally, and that's how I ended up picking Alexa to be more dominant in my smart house experience. So it's moving day. I am excited. I have the keys to the house and the first thing I'm gonna do in there is just replace all the light bulbs. I'm gonna tear down that thermostat. I'm gonna put in all of these gadgets that are gonna be fully automated. The lock is gonna be automated. The garage door is gonna be automated. Everything's gonna be ready to go. And I start looking up devices and availability for a lot of these smart home gadgets and then I realize, holy crap, some of these gadgets are insanely expensive. So I had to calm myself down a bit and budget out my smart home and start building it slowly over time. So the first thing I did was go one room at a time and I would get lights for that room. And the very first lights that I bought were actually in conjunction with my Samsung SmartThings hub. 
Uh, basically, they were Z-Wave enabled lights. And because I had a lot of lights that I wanted to replace, Z-Wave made more sense at the time. And basically, for those of you that don't know, Z-Wave is a smart home protocol. It's similar to other networking protocols, but it's specific to the smart home. And I won't get into too many details with it. But basically, it causes uh, less interference from other devices in the network by keeping it on its own protocol. And that protocol is basically what's in, used in conjunction with the Samsung SmartThings hub in order to keep all of those bulbs consolidated into one hub. And so I use the TP-Link hub bulbs and, and they actually worked fine. They, con they combined to work really well. The SmartThings app was pretty good. It was nothing extraordinary and they were a lot cheaper than Hue bulbs. So for me, it was a win. And I set up my house with those bulbs in the kitchen mainly because I wanted to automate that part of it and then I bought this motion sensor that also tied in with the smart things and that ended up creating this motion sensor that I could trigger so whenever I walk into the kitchen it would turn the lights on and when I walk out it would turn them off and it was really awesome that automation itself I still use today and it was a fantastic idea so the next thing that I did was actually buy an Ecobee and I was debating between the Ecobee and the Nest, the two dominant thermostat players in the market right now. And I chose the Ecobee because I saw there was a little bit more automation and support for multiple devices. And mainly because Nest was owned by Google and I, at the time, didn't know if that was going to work as well with a lot of my Echo hubs that I have set up. So I ended up going with Ecobee and honestly, either way you go, I think you can't lose. Um, I don't see that many benefits between the Ecobee versus the Nest. Uh, I think I've heard good things for both. And the only thing with the Ecobee that you could do is really add extra sensors to other rooms. But even then, honestly, I didn't notice too much of a difference for me personally. Maybe others have, but I would say either way you could go and have a solid decision there. So one thing that I noticed when I got the Ecobees is my house was not set up to have a smart thermostat so anyone that's set up a smart thermostat one thing that you'll know is there's a couple of wires in there and there's one thing called the c wire the c wire is the fifth magical wire that basically drives electricity to the thermostat and gives it the power that it needs to run and smart thermostats is kind of a necessary thing and unfortunately, I didn't have the ability to put in a C-wire at the time. I'd have to replace my entire air conditioning unit. So I had to take a pause on that. So my advice to anybody that's looking to automate that thermostat thing, make sure that you've got that C-wire. Make sure that your electric system is set up so that you can handle something like that because not every house is going to be able to do that. And for me... After a year or two later, my AC ended up actually having to be replaced. So at, during the time, I replaced it with an Ecobee. But um, it was a lesson learned to not go out and hastily buy too many products. So I could fill a whole nother episode with why I chose to have a lot of Apple products, but at the end of the day, I have a lot of Apple products. And one of the things that 
Apple has is, of course, Siri. And that is an interesting partnership that I've had with Siri. I've never really used it, and I've never really found a use for it. It never gives me results that I want. It's kind of just there, but never used. And I'm sure it's the same for most of you guys that have Apple products that are listening right now. You don't really use Siri too often. So when they released HomeKit, it was intriguing to me because HomeKit is something that would give Siri a little bit of life. But the problem that I've had is a lot of the HomeKit products are either marked up in price because they had to have a specific chip installed with them. Currently, they replaced that requirement. But at the time that I was looking, HomeKit products had to have a specific key in in the product in order for you to be able to use them with HomeKit. Unfortunately, it was a little bit out of my price range to start HomeKitting my house with everything. But then I ended up getting a few things that were HomeKit enabled that I started integrating in with Siri. And the one thing that I found useful is the fact that I always have my iPhone on me and I also have my Apple Watch on me and I have my MacBook and my iPad and my Apple TV and all of them are fully connected to my HomeKit. So it was really useful to be able to take all of those devices and turn random things in my house on and off. So it was something that I would recommend, but I wouldn't actually go out of my way to go and get Siri-based products. But hopefully as Siri gets more mature, a lot of the devices will just integrate with Siri the way that they do with Google and Amazon right now. And it's one thing that I hope in the future that Apple will do a lot better when it comes to HomeKit. So the two things that I did in my apartment when I first got my smart home set up was the lights and the TV. And I had been successful in kind of scaling that out in my house to be lights and TVs all around my house with the Harmony Hub and the TP-Link light bulbs. They were really cool pieces of automation. And there were so many light bulbs in my house that I just kind of did the main rooms at the time. So the next thing that I tackled was actually the smart lock. And the Schlage series was probably the most reliable one because I think I knew Schlage as a regular lock that was pretty decent. So I had trust that they would be a good lock if I got them with the smart lock version. And there were two options. One was HomeKit enabled and one wasn't. There was Z-Wave enabled instead. So I got the Z-Wave enabled version because I had the SmartThings hub already. But um, I'm not really sure what I would say about the HomeKit, but the Z-Wave one is actually pretty reliable and I like what I can do with it. Um, with the SmartThings hub, I was able to create codes that I could give to my friends and guests coming over. I have a dog walker that comes by to walk my dog and I give them a code from my smart lock and that's really useful. In, in general, it also works with Amazon Key, which I've never used yet and I'm not sure if I want to use it, but it would work with Amazon Key if I ever wanted a package that was really sensitive to be put inside of my house. And I'd recommend the Schlage lock to anybody that's really looking for a decent sh smart lock. The other thing that I looked at were these Philips Hue color lights. And the only reason I ever even thought about these was because I go on this site, slickdeals.net, and it's a site that, you know, I am addicted to it and I think I buy something from it every week. 
it's just things that are on they have deals and and i just end up buying them so these hue color lights were on sale and they came out to less than 30 dollars a bulb so i thought i'd buy three of them and get that starter kit just to see what things were about and i installed them in my living room and i'll tell you that color light bulbs don't really have a use in your everyday life as much as you would like them to and the reason i say that is because there are some cool moods and effects that you can pull out with the hue light effects but you kind of just default to the regular either white or yellow bulb that lights up your room like normal and you don't really go with that light blue tint or the savannah sunset or any of those different presets that they have on the app and that never really found a use for the color ones mainly because it wasn't as easily accessible for me or i never found it convenient enough for picking those different scenes however i then stumbled upon an interesting thing i have a lot of friends over and, and i like to throw parties every now and then and there's an app that i ended up buying on the iphone store where it actually links to your hue hub and it actually takes the song that you're playing on spotify and syncs it up with your hue color bulbs and you can tempo it out so that it's like a big fast-paced party or calming when you're watching a movie and then i started to see a use case for hue that i didn't see before and that was third-party automation it was kind of like the echo all over again where i'm now seeing a way where these hue lights because they have this hub and they have such a big name they're able to partner with these third-party companies and integrate into the system to make these bulbs a lot more useful so i actually then got sold on hue because of that and i replaced all of my main rooms with hues and then i started taking the cheaper tp link light bulbs and putting them in things like my closets so that i can open the closet door and have it fully automated whenever it's open and closed uh, and lights off when it's uh closed so that i ended up finding other uses for those tp link light bulbs but in the main rooms i switched them all to hue and another benefit to that was also that it was HomeKit enabled. So that was another thing that was really useful for me because I could just talk to my Apple Watch to turn on the living room, turn off the kitchen, whatever it was, I could, I could do it off of any device. And it was a really cool feature to have. And I think Hue just in general is a bit more polished from my experiences now than all of the other light bulbs out there. Not to say that it's the best option, but I think Hue has deemed itself to be a very strong brand in the in the smart light market and because of that they're able to make more connections and a lot of more features and updates i see happening more regularly on the hue system than i have in just the regular z-wave systems that I, i've been messing with so that's kind of the reason that i've been sticking with hue and it, it, was, it was an interesting it was an interesting choice at the time but i i really enjoy it and i'd strongly recommend if you can try to find these hue bulbs uh for cheap it, uh, or on sale because obviously the regular prices that they sell them for are kind of insane but i will say they do have a premium sort of feel to them so there were two more things that i added into my house that i thought were really necessary one was the ring doorbell and that just kind of gave me a peace of mind in terms of security and 
They charged this fee for keeping the recordings on the cloud. And at first, I was kind of annoyed by the fact that they charged a fee in order to keep those recordings and they didn't give you the option to put them on a local drive. So a lot of third-party options are out there where you could get a doorbell and those videos you could store on your local network drives and not have to pay for a cloud service. But honestly, for the price that they charge per year, and I think it's like $30, uh, something something pretty small it's kind of worth it because it just saves me the hassle of having to set up a nas and it's out there and i can create links and give it to people and I actually had an incident where a package of mine got stolen and then that package actually uh was able to we were able to use the footage from the ring doorbell and give it to the police in order to create a police report and and that in itself was was really useful to just have the ring doorbell the other thing that i found pretty useful are automated garage doors. Now, that's something that I didn't think would be useful at first, because really, why do I need to automate my garage doors? But when they weren't automated is when I realized that there was a reason I needed to automate them. I would go out and bike outside of my house. There's a little bike pathway and I would come back and I'd have to go all the way to the front of my house in order to get open the garage door and then once the garage door was open i'd put my bike back in and it got annoying especially when you do it on a daily basis so i ended up getting the automation and it was actually a fantastic option because i was able to just use my phone and open the garage door by the time i got there and then whenever i rent a car for work and come to my house with the car i don't have my garage clicker on me but i can just open it with my phone and that's a super amazing and convenient aspect to it. So that's just a couple of the things that the automation was useful for. And, and then eventually they had a Apple Watch app where I could actually just have my Apple Watch open it without even having the need to use my phone. And that just became super useful because I could just leave my phone at home and go biking or running or whatever and open the garage doors remotely. So overall, that ended up being a very useful aspect in my life. So here I am a few years later and my house is more automated today than it was when I got it, which is of course a beautiful thing for me. Uh, I enjoy the convenience that home automation gives me, but of course throughout this journey there are a lot of lessons that I've learned and some of them I hope that you guys find helpful. Number one is I would go in on Hue if you can go for it. It's a little bit more expensive, but I think the premium feel of it, the integration with third parties and future applications, things that I didn't think about when I initially got my light set up, they came to be a lot more useful. And I really like the fact that they all go towards a single hub and just the premium feel of the Hue app, I prefer a lot more over the other ones. Um, just the ability to set scenes, share scenes, and integrate with my Spotify music, have third-party apps I can integrate. It was all just fantastic, and, and I really liked it a lot. Not to say that if you just want a basic lighting setup that's automated, Z-Wave is more than capable of doing that. But if you're somebody like me that likes to just go that extra mile or just look ahead and see what potential cool things you could do with technology, I think Hue is, is a good way to go. And another aspect that I've been reading up on is they have these entertainment zones that they've recently created. So 
that's potential in the future. So when you're watching a movie, the lighting moods could adapt to the movie that you're watching, which as a movie buff, that would be fantastic to just have in my back pocket whenever that update comes. So the other thing I've learned is the Harmony Hub is the only thing I've been able to find that is remotely good in terms of controlling my entertainment system. It's not perfect by any means. For example, I can turn my Xbox on because it's got an IR blaster and turn it off with the hub, but my PlayStation doesn't work because I can't actually have a Bluetooth adapter to it, so it can only turn it off, it can't turn it on, and sometimes it freezes, and it's some some issues with it, and if you don't have a cable box, it doesn't really do switching channels as well as it did with my cable box. So it's not perfect, but there's just not really a lot of competition in that space, and it's the it's kind of... Even though it has a pretty crappy interface, it's still better than not having it automated at the end of the day. Um, another thing I think I've learned is I wanted to consolidate a lot of my things. I have so many Echoes in my house, and I think I just want to consolidate them to one or two ones with a built-in Z-Wave hub. That would kind of get rid of my Smart Things app. And really the biggest problem with smart homing right now today that I wish would be solved a lot easier is that everyone has their own app for every smart home product so my garage door has their own app my lock has its own app smart things has its own app alexa has its own app it gets really annoying over time so one thing i would like to do is just consolidate this more and go all in on the echo and more of its products and on top of that if i could i would like to get things that are both HomeKit enabled and enabled to be used by Amazon or Google because I just want the option and the flexibility to be able to use the uh, the speakers that I feel are more convenient for me. And I think the biggest takeaway that I just want everybody to learn from my smart home journey is kind of make sure that you're trying to solve a problem when you're getting a gadget and you're not just getting it because it's cool. The one thing that I made a huge mistake on was I bought a lot of these smart home things because I just thought they were really cool like the light strip for hue and just random color bulbs here and there that weren't hue based just because I thought they were cool but at the end of the day they weren't useful for me and the whole point of home automation should be to solve a problem that you have in your house and I would find a little bit of a problem and I would use technology in a way to solve it. And I think that's the way you should approach your smart home is try to solve a problem with a smart home gadget. If you're coming home late after work every day and you're tired of turning on all the lights, use your automation of the lights to turn that on. And if you want to have a specific channel, turn on your TV, use automation to turn it on. Uh, Just always try to solve a problem. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I can give to you guys out there whenever you guys hit your smart home journey. And that's it for my episode today. So thanks a lot for listening. And I hope you guys found this useful. Thanks a lot. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.